Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. I'm Bob Nerthling. I have served you as an elder and a Stephen minister. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Let us rejoice and be glad. In the spirit of welcome and Easter hospitality, please move as close together as is comfortable in order to allow as much room as possible for our arriving guests. As we prepare for worship, let us pray. Almighty God, through the rising of your son from the grave, you broke the power of death and condemned death itself to die. As we celebrate this great triumph, may we also make it a model for our living. Help us to identify in our lives all that should rightly die. Redundant relationships, tired habits, uh, fruitless longings. Resurrect in our lives faith, hope, and love as surely as you have raised Jesus Christ from the grave. Amen. Now as we worship together, May our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? Have you not known, have you not heard, that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and grow weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let us worship God.
On this grand and glorious day, death has been conquered. The Lord of life is risen. With hearts filled with thanksgiving, joy, and wonderment, let us praise the living God, the King of all creation. Glory to you, O God. On this day, you won victory over death, raising Jesus from the grave and giving us eternal life. By your resurrection, you broke open the gates of hell and destroyed sin and death. You confounded the guards and executioners and filled the disciples with joy. You proclaimed good news to the women and apostles and brought salvation to the whole world. Glory to you, O God. On this day, we rejoice with all of heaven and earth that the victory has been won and we now live in the triumphant kingdom. We are free now to be your people in the world for the sake of your risen Son, Jesus Christ. Glory, hallelujah, amen. Brothers and sisters, we have the assurance of the power of the resurrection for our lives because Christ is alive. He is here. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Sunday with brothers and sisters in all times and places, let us state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now we invite you in the love of Christ to turn and greet your neighbors.
Happy Easter. How about that? A little Christmas at Easter time, huh? <laughs> the beginning and the ending of the story, it's all good. It's all good. We're glad you're with us this morning. Thankful that you can join us on this Easter Sunday, whether you are here from Sarasota or from far away. We're glad you're with us. We welcome our TV audience to this worship experience. And for those of you who are outside, we welcome you as well. So Good to have you all here. We're delighted that we can be together as the body of Christ to celebrate and give thanks for the good news that has come our way, that the Lord is risen, he has risen indeed. So we hope that you'll find this to be a place of welcome. We invite you to fill out the friendship pass, which will pass through the pews, and we hope that you'll put your name down, and if you'd like for us to be in touch with you, uh, perhaps from far away, we would love your address, and we would be glad to put you on our mailing list. For those of you who don't, uh, hang out in Sarasota regularly and can't be here. We uh, do uh, televised live stream on uh, the internet, so we invite you to go onto our website and find the live stream there, and you can worship with us 52 weeks out of the year, wherever you are. So we're uh, glad that that's possible as well. We have uh, great things in store for our church body here throughout the course of every day and every week. and. We would love for you to be a part of our ongoing mission of equipping disciples for the service of Christ. We seek to make that very tangible and concrete by providing services to our community so that people can know of the power of the resurrection through the love that we share with them. So join us as you look through the bulletin, all the many different announcements and opportunities for you to be in ministry with us. Just a few things to call to your attention in the immediate uh, term that you might want to join us with. We have this coming Wednesday night at night with Rico Petroselli, uh, great uh, Red Sox infielder that uh, made the Hall of Fame for the Red Sox, and we are glad that he will be with us to share. Rico's a member of our church, and uh, he has a great story to tell about his own life and his own faith, so come and join us on Wednesday night. Our Sarasota Young Voices will be having their Divas and Desserts this coming Friday night, and so you might want to sign up for that and be a part of that uh, great fundraiser and uh, support them and their work and to hear some great music. Uh, the Presbyterian women have a baby shower coming up for Health Healthy Start this coming Saturday, so we invite all the women of the church to join us for that. And then this coming Sunday, a week from today, we will be having at the 11 o'clock service the Kirken of the Tartans. Uh, and you're saying, what is that? Well, if you're Scottish, it means a lot because we get to uh, celebrate our Scottish heritage. And so if you have some Scott in your, in your uh, lineage, we would love for you to come and bring your tartan. And we will have a Kirkin of the Tartans and a great time. And we'll be hearing the music you'll hear in heaven, bagpipes. So, um, <laughs> so get ready for that. Uh, we would love for you to participate with us in that. Let's continue our worship. Oh. 
Let us pray. Most gracious and loving God, we thank you for this resurrection miracle that is beyond all other miracles. We rejoice that you raised Jesus from the dead, turning darkness into everlasting light. In his resurrection, we have received our salvation and the assurance of your steadfast love. We celebrate that even now Jesus lives and reigns with you. Hear and bless our joy this day, we pray. We are so grateful that our Easter joy is shared with sisters and brothers in the faith around the world. Bless this community of faith, Church of the Palms, and all those who are here. And make our ministry and mission and caring compassion be faithful expressions of your love and grace, we pray. Nurture us in faith that we might equip disciples for service of Christ. Merciful God, we lift up this day those who are not well. You know their ailments and know what is best for their healing. We remember those who are in grief, surround them with your love and peace and assure them that those they loved are safe and joyfully at home with you. Be with those who are in crisis of soul or heart or mind, we pray. Guide them out of crisis and connect them back to the supportive community. We pray your blessing on those in mission service and for those in the armed forces. May the light of Easter shine even in dangerous places, we pray. Now we bring our prayers to you in the name of our Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we give thanks to God and we continue to worship that very same God by giving of our offerings and tithings.
Shall we pray? Lord, there is no stone that can hold back your love. No shroud that's tight enough that it contains your desire for our redemption. There is no darkness that can hide the light of your wonderful resurrection. We offer our lives to you and we open our pocketbooks because you have redeemed us. To the glory of the risen Christ, we praise and pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> and now we have our children and anyone from the audience, old or young, who wants to be a child, <laughs> come on up here. <laughs> For sure. Come on down. Nice. Happy Easter. How is everybody? Is this a great day or what? It doesn't get much better, does it? So, in honor of Easter, I brought my Easter basket so I could tell you an upside down <coughs> story about Easter. It's in our Bible. There's parts of it in all four books of the Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I think we should probably just start at the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Not that far back. Okay, <laughs> let's start instead with this big egg. Can you help me open this big blue egg? Oh, it's a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in some raffia. Hmm, well, it reminds me of Jesus when he was born 2,000 years ago. That was totally upside down because the Son of God is born in a barn with animals. But guess what? We only have about three minutes. We need to fast forward a little bit. Okay. Got it. Will you open this for me? Oh, thanks, Clarme. Oh, this is better. Just last week on Sunday, remember Palm Sunday when we raised the palms? They were expecting their king, Jesus, to come and save them. If a king in Jesus' time were to come into a town, do you know what he would ride? What would he ride? You are so smart because Jesus did ride a donkey, but you know what a king would ride? Yeah. A mighty horse or a chariot, but it was upside down because Jesus rode a donkey. Hmm, pink. Would you open that for me? Let's see. Oh, a towel. You know what this reminds me of? On Monday Thursday, when Jesus had his last supper, you know what he did? He got down on his feet and he washed the feet of his disciples. Here we have something so upside down because guess whose job it was to wash feet in Jesus' day? The lowliest of servants. Here's the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, serving others, showing us that that's what we should do. Well, let's see, what else do we have here? Hmm. Oh, here's a good one. Would you open that one for me? Oh, a nail. It reminds me of Good Friday when Jesus was nailed to the cross. This is so upside down because the Son of God was killed by a human on that cross. They took his body down from the cross and they laid him in a tomb. And here we are, three days later, on Easter Sunday. 
Hmm. Would you open that for me? <gasps> What's in there? Nothing. Nothing. It's empty because the tomb was empty because Jesus is alive. So that's why we have the empty tomb. You know, the most upside down part of this story is that out of death comes life. It comes life out of death. Life for each one of us. <laughs> Abundant life. A life that is so big that when we're here on earth, when we're loving and serving others, we have this great big full life. And then guess what? We get to live forever, forever and ever. And guess what? There's more where this came from in kids' worship. So will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for loving us so much that you would send your son to die for us so that we can live, so that we can live full lives here on earth, so that we can live forever with you in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's go up to kids' worship and we'll see some more. Thanks, Soph, if you want to capture all that. Let's go. may be seated. I should learn from that. I should just get up here and open that egg up and show you the chick and be done with it. <laughs> Take care of the whole thing. We did have a wonderful Easter sunrise service on the beach. 
probably over a thousand people there gathered on Lido Beach rejoicing and celebrating. We pitched that for you for next year. If you remember to join us, we would love to have you there. It was a beautiful day, the moon rising in the west and the sun rising in the east. It was a, it was a beautiful day. Our scripture this morning is from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. We have been tracing the great story of God's love and providence through the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we find ourselves today at this wonderful point in the story of God's redeeming love. So hear the word of God. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised as he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee and there you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly and with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. We rejoice, O oh Lord, in the good news that he is risen. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you will allow these echoes of that good news to point to this word just read into the word made flesh, the one who has been raised so that we may no longer fear the enemy of death. Bless us in Christ's name, amen. When I was a young boy, my mother, who was a voracious reader, would often take the time to sit down and read me a story. Many of you had parents who took the time to sit down to read you a story. Mom would read all sorts of stories to me, especially ones from the Bible. She had this big book called Herbert's Stories of the Bible, and from it she would read all sorts of wild and amazing tales from the pages of Scripture. But, but the favorite of all books that she would read to me was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I can still see, the, see this book in my memory, and I can imagine how exhausted I must have made her when time after time, when she wanted to know what story I wanted to have her read, I would say, oh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Children are like that, you know. When they hear a good story, they want to hear it over and over and over again. I wanted to hear Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs over and over and over again. Who knows why? Was it the ragtag dwarfs that humored me? Was it the evil jealousy of the wicked stepmother? Was it the fair beauty of Snow White herself? Or, or maybe, just maybe, it was the ending. As sure as I was of, of how that story was going to end, Snow White in her eternal sleep, getting kissed by the handsome prince, and as a result being brought to life, my apologies to those of you for whom I've just ruined the story, 
Maybe that was the part I wanted to hear over and over again, that in the end, the wicked stepmother and her evil spell did not win the day. Love comes and brings the fair maiden back to life. It was an ending of which I never grew tired. Most of us, I suspect, had that kind of story when we were young, a, a story we wanted, we wanted read over and over again, that little favorite volume that when an adult offered to read to us a story, we went directly to the bookshelf for that book. It didn't matter how sure we were of the ending, we wanted to hear that story again. And it really hasn't changed since we became adults. We still have our stories we want to hear and see over and over again. Some of you have, have DVDs in your closets or movies you've purchased in your Amazon account that get pulled out on a regular basis. Some of you are intrigued over the life of a certain historical figure and you've read just about every biography of that person. Some have a novel that they admit to having read four, five, six times. Same story, same ending. But you never grow tired of it. My copy of To Kill a Mockingbird is beyond re repair for the many times that I've read it. I used to read to my daughter, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, several times every Christmas until I realized that I was the one who wanted to hear the story, not her. <laughs> During the War of 1812, after the British had captured Washington, D.C. and made their way north to Baltimore, a Washington lawyer who had traveled to Baltimore witnessed from a distance the great battle at Fort McHenry where the Americans bravely and successfully defended their fortification. The image of that 15-star flag furling through the night induced Francis Scott Key to write the story of America's defiance and courage. He put the story to verse and later the verse was put to the tune of an old English song and we have the Star Spangled Banner and for 200 years we have been singing it and we never grow tired of it. Same story, same ending, frankly a very difficult song to sing, but we never grow tired of singing it. Our Jewish friends spent this weekend reenacting the story around their, fam their family tables, the great story of Passover, the liberation from Egypt and slavery and so here we are on Easter Sunday amidst all the lilies and wicker baskets and jelly beans and plastic grass and chocolate bunnies and beautiful flowers. We are gathered, squeezed into padded pews with lunch plans to follow. And what are we here for? To think of all the things we could be doing on this beautiful day, beach, golf, meet the press, bacon and eggs. What are we here for? We're here to hear the story aren't we? We want to hear the story again. It's a story that started for a lot of us back in December, as Lori pointed out, when we gathered amidst different flowers and in the shadows of candlelight, we squeezed as well into these pews to hear that story again. And it began when the shepherds and wise men traveled to Bethlehem and found a, a, in a cattle trough the love of God, the love of God in the flesh of a child named Jesus. And they wondered, could God love us this much to become one of us? And the angels sang peace on earth and, and God's love was proclaimed and we saw God dwelling with us full of grace 
and truth. It's a, it's a story that continued as we read in how, about how God's love and Jesus walked the earth and how he traveled from town to town telling of God's love and demonstrating God's great power. We remember the stories of how he laid his hands upon the children and blessed them and how he laid his hands upon the sick and healed them and how he laid his hands upon the eyes of the blind and gave them sight and how he laid his hands upon the dead and brought them back to life. And, and we wondered with all the people, could, could God's love be this wonderful, be this powerful? But there's evil in this story. The wicked one must cast his spell. And so we read and heard how this fair and beautiful love was unjustly condemned. We watched with horror on the followers' faces as the evil one came and dragged him away. We watched as love was ridiculed and mocked and eventually sent to death. We, we could see the shock and confusion and fear of those followers as they dragged love away and nailed him to a tree. And we could not believe our ears. When love in his last breaths loved them enough to say that he had forgiven them even this. So why are we here? Well, we're here because we know that that's not the end of the story. We're here because we know that while those disciples of Jesus had seen the love of God pouring through him day in and day out, while those men are hiding somewhere up there in the recesses of Jerusalem, we know about those women who are stumbling their way through that cemetery, coming to pay their last respects. We know what's going to happen. We know that they'll see the angel. We know that they'll see that stone rolled away. We know that they will be sent to tell the disciples that the Lord is risen. And we know that as they trip over themselves out of that cemetery, they will see Jesus. They will will see the Son of God. They will see love of God in the flesh and they will fall down and worship him and they will worship him because they see Jesus. When that moment comes standing before them, the Lord is risen and they know that that story now is never going to end. God's life and love for them is never going to end and that, my friends, is an ending we never grow tired of, right? We can hear it over and over again, and the reason we never grow tired of it is that it's really not an ending for us, right? It's, it's just the beginning. You know, when you're reading a good book and you see you're getting to the end, you kind of hope it doesn't come to an end. Well, guess what? This story doesn't come to an end. When we see Jesus appear in that cemetery to those baffled followers, we know that life is just beginning for them. God's life and love for them is never going to end. In that great story of C.S. Lewis's The Last Battle, the children right at the end of this great series finally enter into the heavenly regions of the real Narnia. And Lewis describes it this way, for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and their adventures in Narnia had been only the cover and title page. And now at last they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has yet read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Every chapter better than the one before. Any of us who have read the book or seen the movie Unbroken 
know that Louis Zamperini had an amazing story. Gifted with very fast legs, Louis qualified and competed in the 1936 Berlin Olympics, dazzling the crowd, including one Adolf Hitler, whose hand he shook after the race. But in only a few years, he found himself fighting that Hitler as a bombardier in the U.S. Army Air Corps. And due to mechanical difficulty, his plane went down in the Pacific, and, and he and two other surviving crew members were left to float for dead in the sea. No one survives that kind of ordeal for more than just a few days, but, but Louis and one of the other two survived for 33 days until they were captured by the Japanese, and that's when things got worse. That's when things got bad and Louis Zamperini suffered terrible punishment by the guards who beat him to an inch of his life. And then came the end of the war and Louis' liberation and return to America. And that's when things got bad again. PTSD led Louis into a pit of depression and drinking and thinking that this was it. This was the end of his life. Haunting dreams. This was how life was going to end for him, broken in every way. And when you're reading Laura Hillebrand's great account, you wonder, is this really how the story ends? But then one fiery evangelist entered into Los Angeles named Billy Graham, and Louis, badgered by his wife, agrees to go, and that's where he learns that maybe for him the story isn't over that there is another chapter, there is an eternal chapter. And Louis gives his life to the risen Savior and becomes now an ambassador forgiveness, traveling back to Japan and forgiving face to face his captors. And speaking then to tens of thousands for the rest of his life about the power of God's love. You see, for the Easter people, the story never ends and every chapter is better than the one before. So when the apostle says, I am convinced, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can only imagine that the apostle is thinking back to that cemetery. We can only imagine he's thinking back to those women. He's thinking back to that empty tomb and the risen Jesus who's there to show that God's life and love are never going to end for him. And that's why we're here today, isn't it? because we know that no poison apple stands a chance against the prince's kiss. No enemy will prevail against the fort. No sin, no evil, no death can ever have the last word because we know the end of the story. And it's an ending of which we never grow tired because for you and me, it's just the beginning because we're just at the cover. We're just at the title page. And every chapter from now on will be better than the one before.
Following the benediction, we invite you to remain standing and sing the hallelujah chorus. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore, world without end and life without end. Amen. Thank you.